0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another commission podcast. Uh, fancy line of bald move commission podcasts we've been doing lately. They're fancy now? They're fancy. They're, they're certainly closer together. We've been releasing a couple of these a week. Uh, and we've got one this time that surprised me. It's called The Prophet. It's a French film. I, I don't know how to say it in French. Un profiteur. Yeah. You essentially put a mark over one of the E's and change an A to own. Yeah. Uh, but it's commissioned by Frank C. Frank. Can't tell me. Can't tell me. Can't, Can't. tell me to watch this movie, except for he did. <laughs> he did. He let, he let his money do the talking. Uh, he commissioned this. It's a 2009 film. It was actually um, nominated for the best foreign language film at the Oscars in 2009. Uh, didn't win. Didn't win. Lost to some Argentinian film. Uh, that's it's also an like a crime thriller. Outrage. So, like, I guess you know the foreign the foreign films category was just full of crime thrillers right. that year uh but kind of a shame that it didn't win cuz i was really impressed by this movie
1: yeah so i mean there it, it, anytime there's when stuff hits our queue there i have two reactions one or maybe it's three one is oh i love this movie and i can't wait to talk about it uh, two oh I've, this movie's got a great rep i've heard so much about it i want to see it i can't wait to talk about it three what the fuck is this movie? I'm scared. Okay. profit uh, is definitely in that third category. Yeah. But that's where you know you can you can it can sneak up on you and surprise you. Uh and I thought it was a great film. It's it's absorbing. It's very suspenseful. Like I felt like mm-hmm. I was having a heart attack for like the last 30 minutes of the film. Uh-huh. And if you are interested like I I you can make comparisons to like The Godfather, you can make sure. comparisons to Scarface.
0: Yeah, um, Goodfellas. You can make comparison Oz. to
1: Shawshank Redemption. Like sure. this is kind of like a red type of character. You know, he's the guy that can get you things or that can make broker deals and and whatnot, and mm-hmm. um, and the fact that it takes place in Fr- France. I mean, I, I I took a lot of you know biases into this movie. Like yeah. I'm like, oh, French prison. Oh, that seems that that sounds like a hard time to me. And then they're passing out baguettes, and you know everybody's uh, very polite about it. And I'm like, oh, you know, this, uh, this is an easy time. But then, you know, you then quickly the find out That, that, that <laughs> yeah, shit in France can go, you know, Oz just like it can in the United States, I guess. Yeah, and prisons around the world are just not a good scene. And there's there's good things and bad things about it, and like it's interesting to compare and co- contrast that culture. But I guess if mm. you think you might want to see this film. Um, and and I, I would highly recommend it and put it up uh, with those uh, films that we ever mentioned. And kind of like, if you like those, I think you will like this movie. Keeping in mind that this is subtitled, people speak like three, four different languages. It's um, a little artsy at, at points. I, but you know, the most most of the other movies we in that you know, it's like you can't begrudge. uh, uh it's you know, people are going to turn their nose up and, and Goodfellas because. Uh, Scorsese does a single tracking shot. Okay. You know, you're This is different. Get, that you...
0: feels, that feels like very cinematic to me, whereas mm-hmm. this feels like, p- parts of it feel really Frenchy and art arty. Yeah. And then parts of it feel real dirty and just matter of fact. Yeah. Uh,
1: the, the bulk of it, the majority of it feels very, very matter of fact. But then they have occasional flights of fancy that- They do, yeah. Um, or they're not even flights of fancy, they're just- They're like motifs. abstract- yeah, yeah. I can't say much more with that spoiler. So again, if you want to keep yourself spoiler free, I want to give you that opportunity to bail out now because we're about to talk yeah. about some serious spoilers. And I want to let Frank, um, maybe hang around for his comments too because there's non-spoiler as well. Frank C said, "Want you guys to watch a Prophet." I've wanted to hear your thoughts on this movie ever since you reviewed a History of Violence, which I thought was interesting. Like what what begets okay. what. Mm-hmm. This movie really knocked me out when I saw it, and I hope it does the same for you. It follows a petty criminal, Malik, as he pushed is pushed out by forces of uh, out of his control into a more and more violent life. Like Walter White, uh, Malik is quite smart and eventually seizes control of his destiny. Also like Walter, you find yourself rooting for him in spite of the escalating violence that he must perpetrate to maintain control of his destiny. You are watching the rise of a cr- crime boss. Uh, agree with all that. Yeah. I agree mostly with that
0: last part only because the other people are so much worse than he is in
1: in the early going.
0: Well, here's right? the deal. Like, you kind of grow up in the prison with this guy.
1: The reason you turn on Walter White eventually is when you look at all the carnage behind him and you think that he had, yeah. he had a fork in his life. And, and he had several attempts at rescue boats. He had, you know, he could have just accepted his fate and died of cancer or and left his family destitute there's option 1 <laughs> option 2 he could have swallowed his pride and taken the not even insulting offer from his former employers the thing where i kind of decided to stay on malik's side the whole time is i don't feel like he had a choice yes I in don't... fact it'd be like if you know it, it, what would breaking bad be like if walter white applied for financial aid and was denied, and then the second the second episode, he wrote to uh, Gretchen and Elliot and said, "Hey, for old times' sake, since I made you wealthy, could you help me out?" Denied, and like every avenue of appeal was shut off to him, and the mm-hmm. only thing he could do to help his family is to cook meth. We might feel more conflicted about it. Certainly. Malik, he 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 came in. He seems, you know, first of all, we find out he's nineteen. So he's just on the cusp of adult responsibility. This happened two years ago. He might, you know, have gone a different way. He's got scars all over his body. Uh-huh. I, I'm just thinking that he's gone in and out. I mean, I I've, this is all headcanon, but he's gone in and out of like foster care, and people have beaten him, and he's had a terrible life. He's dirty. He's filthy. He's got terrible clothes. He uh-huh. can't afford a lawyer, so he's got a public defender. Who's more interested in him signing to make sure he gets reimbursed from the state than he is at, you know, really making Malik feel anything about his case. Sure. And he's instantly taken advantage of, robbed, beaten, and threatened. And what choice does he have to do the thing he does? He's You can die. And he tries to go to the warden. That's his other option. And the dirty cop, you know, the dirty prison guard hears him and... You know, the, the, then he's in worse trouble than he was before. So it's like, I never felt like he had a real solid choice.
0: Yeah. It's almost a case of self defense, right?
1: I mean, yeah. It's, it's perpetuated s- on
0: someone who isn't involved. Yes. In, in the, the attack. But how can you argue that that's not self defense? Well, I mean, it's, in this weird scenario, in- like the moral lines yes. are so blurred that I don't even know if I would call what he does an, a bad or evil action. Like, yeah this is the only thing he can do
1: in this situation other than just say, okay, I'm not going to do it and I'm going to die. And there's signs that like, maybe he would have been content to stop but it's like, until he got the upper hand on Caesar, his life was always in jeopardy. Like, even well into the movie where you think Caesar's warmed up to the guy, he fucking almost scoops his eye out with a fucking spoon. Sure. And it's like, I think at that point he's like, I I have, you know, I I mean, self-defense, morals or not, like, you know you got talking you, you, once you, once you strip a man's humanity away to a certain extent, like you got mm-hmm. two choices: you can become an animal or you can try to maintain your dignity and your your free will as a human being. and I feel like Malik does that and I, I, I found him very sympathetic, which made it very easy to root for him as he does you know as, as Frank says, his increasing violent life
0: yeah I mean i and and like I said, all the other guys around him are pushing him in that direction, and I kind of view as more or less worse than him uh mostly more worse than him right uh so it's it's easy to kind of say, okay well, he's the best of of the
1: people in here, so i'm sure. gonna i'm gonna put hitch my wagon to him for this movie and and you wonder like because this happened within days of him being inducted into prison. like if, yeah. if this happened a month later and he was because, you know, that's what happens in prison. It seems like in France as well as in America, it's like, a, you know, you're sorted into your racial or cultural group. You go to them and then you have mm-hmm. protection, solidarity against the others here. Um, so it seems like there's at least three groups of people. You have the Frenchmen who don't really play. I mean, I'm sure they're in a, this is a French. <laughs> this is a french prison i'm sure they fit in there somewhere yeah you've got the corsicans which is an interesting island uh you know corsica is a island that actually has more cultural and geographic ties with italy but it's owned by france mm-hmm. uh, napoleon is a corsican yeah um and you know i they have uh also i guess a, a criminal element uh, but you got the Corsicans, which essentially control. They're the most powerful ethnic. They've group got the, in the guards prison. in their pocket, which is the most powerful you can be in prison, right? And then you've got, and they also have strong ties to the underworld on the outside, backing them up. Yeah, uh, which is why they, they still can have, get. They can buy judges, all yep. sorts of stuff. Uh, uh, and then you have the Arabs, who uh-huh. are the kind of the lowest level. I mean, there's a lot of them, but they aren't organized, and they don't seem to have as strong a ties, at least in the beginning, uh, inside the prison. So you can see a world in where Malik goes into, you know, the Muslim camp or the Arab camp and he kind of serves out his six years in relative peace and security and is released. And, you know, I mean, the other thing that makes him really easy to root for is he comes in. He doesn't even know how to read. Yeah, he's 19 years old. The school systems have failed him. Uh, he applies himself. He learns how to read. He gets his high school degree. He might even get a higher degree than that. It's hard for me to follow along, like what all the, you know, because it's all in French and they don't really explain all this stuff. But, um, you know, he, he, I could see, and also it seems like that the French prison system does a much better job at trying to rehabilitate. Like, you know, you actually can do work and learn a skill, and they have this weird. Work release parole system. Uh huh. These these days away where from you the can, prison. Yeah, you can get twelve hours. Uh, like it, af in like the second half of your prison term, if you've got good conduct, you can be eligible for these work paroles, where you can, you know, you fill out a form that says, "Hey, there's there's worker training at a particular job, and I need a day off." And you go out, and you just go. You're you're in plain clothes. You're not like wearing. Uh, Monopoly prison close and you go and you do the job training and you can build a relationship with employers and then presumably after prison... You slide right in there, and you're you're better integrated into society.
0: Yeah, you, you may or may not do the job training stuff, as we see in this movie, sure. right? Like, that's the that's the folly it here, seem... is trusting these prisoners to go do the thing that they say they're going to do. Well, I think there's oversight,
1: but the, the loophole here was that this Iman, uh, I think that's what he is. He's a religious leader, is kind of running... Yeah. A shady deal where he's mm-hmm. he's got this uh, auto repair shop that's, that's credit accredited training program, but also, since he's the one signing the permission slips and whatnot, they can do extracurricular stuff. <laughs> uh, Which he does a lot of. Yeah. Yeah. So if you know people and you get the right permission, you can kind of color outside. But I I think the... I mean, of course, anything that you do nice for criminals or prisoners is going to sometimes come back and bite you in the ass. Certainly, but yeah. I don't think that's a good excuse not to try. Yeah. I actually admired yeah. that fact that um, in this system it seems like they have some cool features like that. One thing I found perplexing is it looked like inside the prison, there ain't no cameras, very yeah. little guards. Like, just people get the shit kicked out of and beat and and dead, and it takes a surprising amount of time to find all that stuff out. Um, much less supervision going on in these French prisons. Is this supposed to be contemporary with when it was made, 2009? I, I have no idea. Okay. Like, that like could I'm be wondering. what a French prison looks like, or it could be that that's yeah. actually, you know. I, I think with the politics, like, that, it also felt very current because you've got this, you know, kind of like simmering tension between the Arab and Muslim population versus the, I mean, there's a lot of that kind of politics in France right now anyway. Sure, yeah. Um so yeah
0: i was reading some reviews on this and they were talking about that that aspect of it which i totally i don't understand at all i'm completely ignorant of that stuff so i can't speak to it but they were basically saying how this could be an allegory for all of these arab uh, refugees Mm -hmm. uh, that have flooded into the country over over the years and how france deals with those how they're integrated into society all that kind of stuff but i don't know if you read if you can see those finer points in this movie good for you but i can't
1: well, it's like you know some people say that the, you know Godfather is essentially a classic immigrants tale uh-huh I mean okay. that's why I compare it to Godfather because this is kind of maybe another classic immigrants tale
0: yeah I like watching this movie I don't know if I'll watch this movie again like that's the thing the why i why I kind of commented up front like it doesn't have that cinematic feel to it yeah it's it's, it's more gritty and dirty and realistic and i'm like it's not a movie that I sit down and go, I'm going to watch this because it's fun to watch.
1: No, it, and that, it, that's where it's it it doesn't compare well to like a Godfather or a Goodfellas or a Scarface because those movies are watchable.
0: It, yeah, absolutely. But this is this is more of an experience in a different kind of way, and it's it it's interesting. Like we're talking about this murder. Like so many of the murders in the Godfather are glorified, right? And like the the big. Flashy shows of intimidation and stuff, like a horse head in the bed. Okay, sure. Uh, that that's glorified and you're like, on screen. Cool. Sonny getting shot to pieces. Like, yeah. come on, that's that's fucking glorification if I've ever seen. I don't it. know if
1: that's glorification, but him beating the shit out of his brother-in-law. I mean, all of it. And is. then Michael, like, cl- you got a so, you know, big score plane. You sure. got hundreds
0: of bullets flying. It's sure. pretty
1: glorified. Yeah.
0: Whereas this, the murder is so chaotic and so like you almost feel like you've. Not like you're watching it in a movie, but like you've witnessed an actual crime.
1: You know what it felt like as we got this coming down the pike. I think it's the next or the one after. We got uh, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know when the German guy stabs the American the house, serviceman yep. right in front of the translator? Uh-huh. That's how that first murder felt to me. Yeah. Like, no one is really on board with what's happening, but you're in the middle of war, and this is what's happening. That's kind of the same thing. This, Yeah. Um, and
0: the 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 setting of the prison makes it feel very intimate because you're always very close. And it did. It's kind of like you're
1: just sitting there with your hand over your mouth like, oh, my God, like, should I do something? Yeah. <laughs> should yeah. I call for help? But it's... I've just watched this horrible, obscene thing happen. What can I do? Yeah. Well, and just all nothing. the lead up to it, like him practicing holding the razor blade in his mouth. Yeah. And how yeah. bad that would suck. And mm-hmm. just, you know. But that's the thing, like, um, because of him doing this, he's forever caught between these two worlds. Because when he's hanging out with the Corsicans, he's just a dirty fucking Arab. Yeah. When he's hanging out with the, you know, Arab and his Muslim quote unquote brothers, you're a fucking Corsican. You're a, you're a race or culture trader. Yeah. We don't want you around here. We can't trust you. So he has to make his own way. Like yeah, like he does. I mean, it's a little bit like Quasimodo kind of thing. He's just a very mm-hmm. very lonely to the extent that. Yeah. I thought the interesting device uh, in this movie, and I wish I knew more about Muslim culture because I feel like there's a lot of interesting religious imagery here, too, that you got the man who he killed. Who? What is this guy's name? Rayab?
0: Mm,
1: it doesn't. It literally Riyad. doesn't. Riyadh. R- Riyad, I don't it, it, know how to say it. It's the first guy he kills. Yeah. He sticks with him. Yeah, uh, and then like you can tell like the, that relationship waxes and wanes, but like he's that the court was so frequently the first time I thought it was kind of shocking uh, you just see them like curled up in bed like lovers uh, and then you'll see him like uh, sometimes he's on fire suggesting that there's like some kind of satanic reference there. Um,
0: yeah, and sometimes he almost draws on that memory as like a source
1: of strength and wisdom. Yes, like to
0: plan out his next moves. Yeah, it's,
1: like he strategizes with the ghost yeah. of this man. It's and clear
0: how this event has changed him, right. given given those little flashes. You know, right? Uh, I thought that was a brilliant way, and that's you know one of the the artsier type things in here. Yeah, uh, that a lot of other movies. And I thought to. you know
1: again with one watch, it's hard to. It's hard to, but 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 I I remember thinking like, oh, it's been a while since we've seen this guy, and Malik is in a really good place. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like starting to kind of kind of find peace and starting to see the eyes on the prize. But then I think from the moment that uh, Caesar uh, puts the spoon up his eyeball. That's when the guy comes back and he's like, nope, I can't just put my head, keep my head down and do my time. I have to f- figure out something else to do. Because I, in fact, I, like halfway through the movie, I'm like, this Caesar guy is never going to let this guy go. That's the thing. He's asking him how much more time
0: do you have left? He's like, three years. Oh, I can get out on leave now. I want you to do some stuff for me. Your leave
1: belongs to me. Uh-huh.
0: and and I kept thinking throughout the course of this, like it, it
1: defied my expectations mm-hmm. near the end. Like I, kept it certainly thinking, did. I could, I, I went back and forth on what I thought was going to happen, and it continually surprised me. A, I thought, uh, I thought Malik
0: was going to die. I, I was almost certain of that. By the end of the film, he would Same be dead. Here. Secondly, I thought Caesar was going to kind of trap him into sure. being his servant in prison forever. Yeah, uh, like get him to do all these things, get him caught. And he's and back have in his prison for a much longer sentence. So. Yeah, because I get the impression that Caesar is in... Caesar, whatever yeah. his name is, is in prison for life, Yeah, he's probably. never getting
1: out. Yeah. And he, I think, he accepted some of that because he had his fellow Corsicans with him, and they were kind of, like, living large, but then... Yeah. There's a couple things that happen where a lot of his crew gets transferred out, and he doesn't have, I mean... Some political stuff happens. Yeah, which I didn't follow, because I don't know if that's real, and I I don't know the politics behind that, but it just happens, you know? The the lawyer comes in and says, this is happening, these guys are being transferred, these guys are getting paroled, and he's like, what, am I going to die in here alone? And that's when he starts really starting to think, and that's when Malik, uh, who I thought was pretty cagey, drops on him that he's learned how to speak Corsican, yeah, yeah. But none of the Corsicans know that, so they still speak incredibly freely around him. And now he's this guy and he can but he also speaks a little Arabic. Uh-huh. So he actually is his eyes and ears throughout the prison is, and is why he continues to be useful to uh Caesar. And also why he continues to be dangerous, like he he
0: has his friend on the outside whose name the testicle cancer guy. I think I have written Lance that Armstrong. I Let's don't. call him Lance. Okay, Lance is on the outside. Uh, used to be on the inside. You know, they were in prison together for a little while. Lance got out. Uh, that and, Lan- and- the
1: Lance angle works right because he actually uh, is this kind of inspiring story, mm-hmm. and then he gets caught up in drugs, and things take oh, and a turn for dies. the worse for him. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> the drugs aren't the thing that really got him. Uh, but, but you know, there's a scene where he's he comes into, uh, like, you know, wherever they meet, mm-hmm. where prisoners meet with people on the outside. Yeah. Uh, visitation room, I yeah. guess. And C- Caesar and his guy come in, and they're trying to intimidate him and getting him to do what they want to do. Uh, and Malik's, like, speaking in Arabic to him, a language that the Corsicans can't understand, telling him, look, we're just going to play this cool. Yeah. It, everything's fine. I'm going to slap you. Just yeah. look down. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I can imagine, like, speaking two languages as a gangster comes in super handy. Oh, God, yeah. All the time. Yeah. So, number one priority if I ever become a gangster, which is likely, given my heritage. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's inevitable. Really inevitable, yeah. Italian-Americans, you guys are just pigeonholed. (laughs) What are you going to do?
1: Number one priority, learn another language. Sure. Learn Italian. Uh, no, I mean, I think it seems like knowing multiple languages is just an incredible advantage. Anyway, I've often thought about learning, you know, German or Spanish or something, just so you mm-hmm. could have a conversation. Like if you, like, imagine if your best friends or you know your lovers or whatnot, you could speak a secret language in uh-huh. public. Yeah. Like that would be incredible. Sure, uh, that'd, be, so, that'd be cool. <laughs> but yeah, I forget where we were going with all this. Uh, we were kind of Just on, on cause, Caesar. Because that's the thing, like, this movie is about relationships. It's about Ma- Ma- uh, Malik's relationship with himself, with his killer, or with his uh, murdery, uh, his relationship uh-huh. with Caesar, his relationship with Lance. Uh, Those are kind of the core relationships that this movie revolves around. Because that's the yeah. thing, like, Caesar's relationship with Ma- Malik, I think, is really interesting. Totally because he become he 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 is a tool uh then he becomes a slave then he becomes a trusted advisor and then he becomes a friend
0: and then an enemy <laughs> but what's interesting
1: is the trajectory like as as malik's personal power rises so does caesar's trust in him so that yeah. ultimately the final uh, scene in the movie feels like a real betrayal even though – like, and, and it makes Caesar feel – it makes Caesar look foolish because yes. he didn't see that Malik was getting more and more powerful and was – was as he got weaker, Malik's power grew and he still thought he had the upper hand.
0: And I think that
1: that shows you
0: – that gives you a big insight into who Caesar is as a, a person, right? I think, like, he's been in power for so long and had yeah. this vice grip. Yeah, yeah. He figures it's inconceivable that
1: someone yeah. would defy him. In that I gave way. you all this. I got you all this free porn. These hookers, hash, whenever. And you I want own you. Protection. Like I have yeah. the power here. You have none. Yeah. He's just
0: gotten used to that, and he's not become complacent. More, more so, blinded by that.
1: But he also, he also, as he's losing power, he made the classic mistake of overplaying what little he had. Like, yeah. you know, he spent a yeah. lot of power with the guards to get the Arabs in line one final time. He used a lot of power, you know, like burning personal capital. Like, you know, I don't know this movie goes down this way. If he doesn't try to spoon out Malik's eyeball, <laughs> maybe not. Cause I feel yeah. like that's the thing. That's when the devil, yeah. you know, that's when the devil comes back on his shoulder and he starts really trying to piece out. Okay. How can I, how can I solve this problem? How can I make sure that this shit never happens to me again? So I have a question for you along those lines.
0: Why does Caesar decide to try to take out his boss? What does that gain him? Because they never... I don't think they make it apparent in the
1: movie. I think that Caesar started to feel... Yes, I do. There's some stuff between... It's funny because I think that you got some things I didn't get. Uh Like, honestly, I didn't understand the whole scene where he slapped the guy. And, like, I didn't get (laughs) that they... They were talking in a different language because it's all
0: English subtitles, right? Yeah, and, like, I don't
1: have a very good ear for language. So, like, I couldn't detect the Corsican versus the French versus the Arabic. Sure, yeah. Um, So I was... I remember, like, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) Um, But... I felt like that they suggested that Caesar felt like he was really part of things. He was part of his his, – his boss seems like he's trying to go the classic legit move. I'm getting into casinos. I'm getting out of brothels and drugs. I'm getting in casinos and politics. Huh. And at a certain point – the lawyer is like, "Oh, for your own good, Caesar. We need to keep you out of this, and you need to be hands off, and you know." Uh, and Caesar so he was saw, trying to push him out of the legitimate. I'm operation. not going to have what little power I got is about to get severed. So I think Caesar was going to go all in, kill his boss, so then he can be the prison kingpin and mm, regain gotcha. his power until he dies. Okay, yeah, I
0: totally missed that.
1: No, I, I, that's you know, it's like because it's the whole movie. Like Caesar is like this big powerful man. And throughout, like, every third of the movie, he loses a lot, you know, a, thir- a third of his power. And then It's essentially end, True Detective Season 2. At the end, that's the thing. That's At the end, it's it's almost sad that he's just this old man in nice clothes, but you wonder for how much longer, like, he's going to have that nice overgrowth. He's going to start getting patches, because he's got yeah. no one now. And he tries to roll up the Malik tough, and he gets sent on his way. Yeah,
0: I don't think he's going to survive for much longer after that.
1: It felt like that. I don't. I don't. I don't have anything to suggest this, but the way the kind of killing montage worked is that he, I think his boss felt like he was no longer worth the trouble. Hmm. Like so many guys, because he sent a bunch of dudes after him and his guy. Like it was a pretty bloody war. Like you know, uh. But but he he was able to to, to survive, and I think he's just going to be left alone to rot. Which is probably, really? I mean, that's the thing. You think the, 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 the Arab the f- guys are going to leave
0: him alone? Because he's been...
1: I, I don't know. That's a maybe, good question. Maybe. But I what I'm saying is I think that's... If I'm a gangster on the outside and I don't... Yeah. That's like if I felt like... Then who cares? That's, I mean, it's a fate worse than death. Like, I could sure. kill this guy. Yeah. But having him, you know, having these filthy animal Arabs lording it over him and Mm -hmm. making him beg and grovel for everything until he's uh, a sad old man that dies is better revenge than actually killing him. But
0: I can see that, yeah. On the other hand, I could also, also see makes he's it a loose soft. end. Yeah, it's loose end and makes it look soft. It's like you don't kill a man and not kill his son cuz his son's coming back to kill yeah, you 20 right, years later. Right. It's going to happen, trust yeah, me. Yeah, it's it's
1: a more Shakespearean or uh Edgar Allan Poe type of revenge to leave him in the prison and rot, Yeah, but yeah. for just street smart, you might just need to kill this guy. <laughs> sure. Uh you might need to kill him.
0: Also street smarts if I'm if I'm double fisting pistols, I got to have the same pistol in each hand, the same type. Yeah. Like, I can't go in with a six-shooter and a semi-auto a yeah.
1: in the other hand. Just just the, the, the ammo magazine difference, or not the, the ammo capacity, I should say, difference, the trigger pull. It's like, it's got to be hard to go guns akimbo when you got a wheel gun in one hand and, and a semi-automatic semi-autom- in the other. Yeah. I would think so.
0: Although, yeah. I mean, he seems like he knows what he's doing. Like, that meat shield tactic... That worked pretty well. Yeah. Jump down in the, the wheel well or whatever. That was it is.
1: super interesting because, you know, that's the thing where, like, I was starting to think, okay, Malik's not making it because none of this is going his way. And yeah. it felt like these guys were on to him. And I'm like, oh, I mean, that was a, one of the absurd things in the movie that uh, Malik and Lance are following this guy in a big white box truck. Yep. For God knows how long, just following him right on his ass through curves and twists <laughs> and turns through, I think Paris. Yeah, it is. And then they waste this guy like a gun battle out of heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, no cops, and they get away. Scott, for, I mean, but but the actual execution of it was cool. How he he pushed in there and you know, took cover while everybody and waited until everybody expended their bullets, and he had this yeah. like. What do you think he was? Why was he smiling when he was underneath all those corpses in the wheel well? That's was it a just, really good question. It was almost like the absurdity of, yeah. like, I can't believe this is what's going to happen. These guys are going to shoot. They're missing me. They're uh-huh. going to run out of bullets, and I'm going to get up and blow them in the. It's like. I, I think so. I feel like maybe it was more. Maybe
0: it's tied in with this religion thing a little bit more. Maybe he feels somehow protected. Maybe he's like. Maybe he's just smiling at the fate of it all. So I read I'm, I'm not these, sure.
1: There, there's this account I was reading it was these special forces guys, these Del- Delta operators. It might have been uh, in Mark Bowden's Black Hawk Down. They were talking about another mission, but they're saying like when you got to, you got this like night vision shit and drone technology, and he's like, there's this weird thing where you're planning the death of all these men, and you're observing mm-hmm. them, and they're just going about and they're smoking cigarettes and eating, and you kind of get the giggles because they have no it starts idea. to it it triggers like this is a prank. Yeah. Like these, oh, these guys aren't even going to see it coming. We are going to fuck these dudes, and they're not even going to see. it. And it's like it's huh. perverse, and you're aware of the fact that this is fucked up, but it starts becoming which also funny. just kind of makes it even funnier. In a yeah, weird way. like yeah. I'm not supposed to feel this way, but I am, and and I feel like yeah. that's like that was it. Like he became kind of you had this like godlike awareness of what was going to go down in the next five or ten seconds. Yeah, and you're jacked with adrenaline, and it's just hilarious. Yeah, I suppose
0: so. That could be it. Um, and then I, he can't hear after it, which is nice also touch. awesome. Nice Something we complain That's, about a lot in these kind of sure. things that they did right. Uh, and then when he comes back, like, I was a little surprised at how oblivious Caesar seemed. Like, he doesn't realize that he's lost his man here. I thought
1: that was a flaw. I actually think that rises to the level of flaw in the movie. I was able to forgive it because it was so artfully done and, and it was so emotionally powerful. But, yeah, how the fuck does he not realize or even suspect that Malik that Malik fucked him over here.
0: Yeah. I really now, do think it's it's his just
1: absolute certainty in his own power. Especially since you know the way I mean Malik played this so smart. After mm-hmm. he fu- after he fucks over Caesar, he then deliberately violates his parole knowing that they're going to put him in isolation. Yeah. Which is essentially protective custody for him at this point. Mm-hmm. And he's going to and they they did this beautiful montage where he's in the solitary confinement. in this this cell, while all this killing is going on with the Corsicans. And, like, everybody's getting murdered and shivved, and it's just a goddamn bloodbath. Yep. And he gets out, and then the bounds of power has been flipped. And I thought it was – I mean, it was nice, because you had that nice emotional moment of Caesar, like, here, dog, heal. Why aren't you coming? I'm going to come get you. And then he sent – you know, got smacked on his ass and sent on his way by the Muslim Brotherhood. Um, Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's but it is doesn't make a lot of intellectual sense. I also have a question about why he was able to integrate
0: um, with the Arabs at that point. Like, why? Is that? What had changed for them
1: with how they viewed him? Oh, I just think Malik. well. So there's a couple things here. Oh, man, I I don't know how to unpack all this because this it you almost have to watch a two and a half hour movie for this to make sense. But, well, I assume people who've listened to this point okay. have, have seen the movie. So there's two, there's <laughs> a couple. By my, I don't even know how to begin to talk about it because it's like I want to start off with like, what did you think about the religious man, the Emon, the Emon? Is that I, I think, honestly
0: couldn't even tell you who he was in this in this like that that part of it is kind of a blur to me, like how he related with. The, the fucking nephilim or whatever those guys were mm-hmm. named mm-hmm. like the laharists or something yeah, right uh and and the egyptian and like that kind of
1: relationship was all very so you very got two gangs so you got over. the corsican gang you got the muslim gang sure and it seems like this religious figure was sitting on as like a kingpin or maybe a financier of some of this crime was he on the outside he was he's on the outside and he was at that mosque but and didn't he's that one, change
0: at one point
1: well so malik uh, early on, what started that you know he got this deal to we're going to move this big quantities of hash mm-hmm. and we're going to make our fortune. And he
0: fucked over the Egyptian and the Egyptian to do it.
1: Well, he didn't fuck him over. Just it's kind of like the Walter White. Like I didn't know that I was dealing on Tuco's. Oh,
0: turf. that's right. So he gets the hash and he starts trying to
1: sell. And he's it. making he's some drive. More, and through. then the, the Egyptian finds out, this is my fucking territory, yeah. my fucking route, yeah. and he just jack. He just steals the shit. Yeah. Uh, so then. Uh, he decides to take because they're like, We're gonna be ruined. He's like, You know what? Take my share of the drug money and give it all to this Iman guy. Uh, okay. I forget what the guy's name is, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. So, he the guy takes it to the church, and they get they almost get their, they get their heads blown off because it's like, why you know, you're throwing all this dirty money to this religious guy, and he's got to, you know, kind of keep himself like the godfather clean, um, but it gets the guy's attention. So the next time Malik gets out, he gets uh, uh, somehow he gets sent to do business. yeah, you're right, it doesn't, but, but somehow, Malik's <laughs> interests <laughs> it's I just think, fuzzy. tie in with Caesar's interests.: They do. yeah. Caesar sends him to some kind of meet. Yeah, because it feels like that they've gotten some of Caesar's guys and there's a there's a money exchange and a criminal exchange and then he gets into a private meeting with this guy and he's like, "You know, what is your story? Are you a Corsican? Are you a Muslim?" And I think he's about it to, he's about to the point where he's going to shoot this guy because he doesn't trust him. And then Malik says, "There's an watch out, there's an animal" because he had a dream about these deer. He sees the sign that says there's a deer crossing, and he goes, "Watch out, there's an animal a split second before an animal runs out and yeah. almost causes him to crash and Then I feel like that there's enough of true religion in this guy that it kind of puts a little bit of like, "What is your deal? Are you a Muslim are you a, are you a prophet And they start calling him that, but I don't know i I don't know how the supernatural actually ties in. Okay. With this thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm not certain, like, bigger picture, how
0: the prophet title right. makes a lot of sense. And I feel like it has to do with that 40 Days, 40 Nights yeah. thing. Um, the, 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 if if you haven't seen the movie, they kind of label each section of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and one of those sections is called 40 Days and 40 Nights. And I I don't know. I just – I wasn't getting the real strong prophet vibe.
1: So I know this. Muslims, they, do, they reject the divinity of Jesus Christ, but they do believe that he is a prophet. Yeah. And he was a man of God. And I do believe that they also pretty much take the biblical account as true, that he went and he spent 40 days and 40 nights and he was tempted by Satan. And uh, you've got that symmetry there where, uh, you know, Jesus – and then that happens also crucially after Jesus is baptized and he receives the Holy Spirit and he becomes aware – of the fact that mm-hmm. he has this calling, right? Okay. So there's clear parallels here to this story of of, of Jesus. His his, his his you know Malik has this kind of prophetic experience, raises premonition that saves his life, mm-hmm. and then he goes into the hole for 40 days and 40 nights and comes out, and now he's a Muslim. I don't think that he really is, though. Like okay. I don't think that Malik is religious. I don't think any of these experiences have changed him at all. I think that now hmm. he just sees that he's taking himself; he's he's becoming the rightful heir to this Muslim kingdom inside the prison. Uh-huh. And when he gets out, obviously he has a lot of fast friends, and he's going to be a high-ranking lieutenant, if not eventually the head of this whole gang. Yeah, but yeah, that's what I got out of it. But I, I again, without any more cultural background or or what the guy was trying to suggest, but. I I feel like Frank thinks that maybe the conversion was genuine, but I don't. I think he, this guy's a cultural Muslim, and that's what he'll be. Like he just doesn't believe. Like he eats pork. He okay. has you know sex, uh, but he he doesn't hold any of the tenets of of Islam.
0: All right, yeah, I I don't know what those tenets are. Honestly, that's I'm very unfamiliar with that religion. Uh, you know, in so much as it is, uh, I I know a little bit about it. In so much as it is a Christian type religion you know, yeah like it has some of the, the basic principles it's abrahamic like that. it, it's the one that's the, abrahamic the word for it yeah yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, so they all, all stem from the same place and they diverged
0: yeah i mean the, the other thing that kind of thematically i want to talk about with this movie is it, and it, it goes along with like what i thought was going to happen and what eventually did or didn't happen mm-hmm. is the idea that this is not really I, I don't think this movie is so much about the plot right it's more about like how how this environment and these circumstances changes his character. Okay, I feel I feel like it's more of a character study than it is like a plot driven sort of through line, uh, which which is fine. You know how how everything's kind of a little bit fuzzy. Yeah, I mean Malik himself might not even understand everything that's going on here, um, although he seems to navigate it pretty well. Yeah, but he he's definitely I mean coming in as a 19 year old kid and leaving as essentially a mob boss is a big transformation for this character. And it just
1: feels so natural and it feels like almost necessary. There's also a lot of Godfather parallels in that, you know, how the Godfather, how Vito took Michael underneath what, you know, the last thing he wanted for him yeah. is to be this crime boss, but that, that's what's transpired. So Vito gives him his counsel and all of his wisdom and kind of teaches him what he needs to know to become the Godfather. Now, mm-hmm. I think Michael didn't fully learn all those lessons or he was thrust into a world where he couldn't be the kind of virtuous, you know, wise old gangster that his father was. But I thought there was an interesting symmetry to Malik and Caesar. That Caesar was, through his actions, unknowingly teaching him how he could be supplanted and replaced. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, you know, the, the whole time this, this Malik guy who's uneducated but he's in very intelligent and very adaptive and very quick learner, he is seeing how to wield power and influence mm-hmm. and leverage. Uh, he's getting a master class from the Caesar guy and he eats it all up and yeah. then turns it on him at the end. And I, in, in the same way that, you know, Michael and Vito is a very father-son relationship, this is like the twisted side of that. But it has the exact same effect and the exact same arc. Yeah, no, you're right. He he learns a lot from him,
0: and Caesar kind of unintentionally teaches him.
1: Yeah. Uh, Although they both have the transformative experience, like you know, Michael went away to um, uh, the Sicily Sicily, and discovered his roots. Malik goes to meet this religious figure, and and uh, you know then goes through this violent experience to kill the well not kill but to betray Caesar to his boss, and then goes through the forty days, forty nights. There's a lot of interesting similarities there. Yeah, and they both start their
0: path with a killing.
1: Yeah, and you think that they're about the same age because Michael's, like, what, in his early 20s? And Malik is 19, and he gets out when he's 25, 26. uh, There's a lot of interesting parallels there.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, it has a lot
0: of relation to plenty of other gangster movies, Yeah, uh, both in, in the
1: structure of it and also in the relationships of the people. What did you think is the meaning of him getting his 50 francs back or whatever the hell that was. I,
0: I really don't... It's kind of a reminder of where he started, I thought. Like, yeah. like this is all I have when I came in here, now look at me, sort of thing. Like a Almost like a Scarface seeing his fucking mansion at the end mm. before he has to fight it out. Yeah. Uh, like, look at this... Like Look at what he turned works this
1: into. ID, only not in like he hasn't got to the Ozymandias phase of his career because that's the thing with. But criminals. you can tell he's
0: going to, or he's he's about to to kick it into a higher gear, right? Or if he's smart, he gets out. Although yeah, that's the I problem. See that that's
1: the problem with be getting into criminal. They and you can't get out anytime Michael tried you it. want. Michael Corleone tried it. <laughs> you can't get out. You can't get out because you know where the bodies are buried, and you're always going to be a threat. And if you're not inside, you're outside. Yeah, and. You know, I mean, that's a, with the gangster type. Like, you could, you know, I guess you could be a jewel thief or a bank heister or like a kind of a lone wolf. But if you're operating yeah. with a crew, an organized crew, you just never can get out. It's true. Witness protections, the only or or the grave is the only way you get out.
0: Yeah. Even then, with witness protection, you're always kind of looking over your shoulder. It's always a oh, part no. of who you are. Yeah, I mean, right? it's, like,
1: it's, I think that was the interesting thing about, the, you know, the Goodfellas is, you're yeah. living a bullshit existence of, of like the suburban hell where you're a nobody <laughs> or a schmuck. And also you all got to be you, you got to be looking over your 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 shoulder yeah. constantly. Because that's yeah. the thing. Like, I mean, that's this 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 movie also makes it clear that it's the absolute worst to work for a paranoid criminal. Mm-hmm. Like that's like every single time I watch one, he's like, "No ma- no ma- amount of loyalty, deference, shit eating, will ever permanently get you into good graces." Because it's always, "What have you done for me lately?" Yeah, or as who have you sucked for me? Or, lately? or as good fellas, <laughs> "Fuck you, pay me." That's sure. what it is. Like yeah. I don't know. Oh, is that interesting? Fuck you, pay me. Uh, uh, and man, that's 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 the worst thing about it. Sure. Uh, I think that's about all I have to say about this there's a couple of really pretty scenes like i i actually liked the deer imagery even before i knew what the fuck it was going and honestly i don't mm-hmm. know where the fuck it went um i mean i literally know but i don't know exactly yeah. what all it all means mm-hmm. um and i actually might watch this again i would la- i would like to watch this with my girlfriend because she is a sucker for foreign films and uh there's enough that i kind of have questions about that I wouldn't mind watching again but i also thought the scene at the end where lance is dying you find out later of uh-huh. his resurged testicle cancer, and he's looking up at, like, this dappled sunlight. What does that... Okay. Does that I... suggest that he actually... I mean, is he the lucky one in the story? That he dies knowing that his family's going to mm-hmm. be provided for, and they're healthy and happy, and you know and he's got his virgins surrounded by his family i don't know why i didn't want to go there but (laughs) he's got his he's got you know he's kind of he it it seemed like there's people over for a party i i I was trying to think like does he have the happy ending in this film uh maybe malik is kind of happy and triumphant because now you know he comes out and he's uh, i don't know whether he's going to have a romantic relationship with his lance's wife or he's just going to be the guardian of them and You know, he's got his crew following him and his their Mercedes and and it's it's very, you know, this guy ascendant, but you also know, you know, what happens with all criminals. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, is he gonna end up is he gonna be the Corsican in thirty years? Probably with uh if he's lucky.
0: Honestly, if he's lucky, like he lives that long and becomes that powerful and and then what other then is betrayed by the younger generation. Sure, sure. And it's a wh-
1: perpetual cycle. And what's the latest what, you know, what are the latest immigrants? I mean, what is the yeah. so that's the interesting thing about like American culture is like uh it's always the fucking immigrants, right? Uh okay. hundred you know, uh it started with the nat- with with the Native Americans, these fucking fucking colonists coming and taking and everything. Yep. They come English. over there and it's these goddamn Irish Catholic motherfuckers and these these goddamn Spanish and Italians and the Chinese and they're taking over. Then in, like, World War Two, it seemed like it was, like, the Japanese and the the, the, the fucking Germans. Sure. And, and then it's, it's been, you know, uh, Central and, and South America. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that, that's been the invasion. Like, what? <laughs> How many more waves of immigrants? Aliens. I mean, that's...
0: A, that's. A, well, I was thinking, like, you know... That's where like, it ends. Uh,
1: that's where it leads to. I'd say, like, like there it seemed like there's a lot of, like, uh, opportunities for African refugees. Sure, yeah. Except for it's like it's weird because there was already a wave of forced non-voluntary immigration. Yeah. So it's like almost like they, that that whole cycle got circumvented. Yeah. I mean, c- clearly
0: there's something in – something with humanity that does not like outsiders. They like yeah. to stick to their tribe, you
1: know. Yeah, uh, That's probably an evolutionary thing. Sure, sure. But –
0: I I'm not Plus, sure it's where like to I go got mine, like,
1: I got mine. It's good. Ah, oh, shit! Now these people want in here and get it too. It's also if you ju- if you eliminated oh, it's a little if you know, if you eliminated the, the isolationist xenophobia thing that I think is genetic. It's also a selfish gene too. Yeah, which yeah. is also you know uh, sure.
0: Yeah, you don't want to share your harvest when you're not sure if you'll have enough exactly. to get you through the winter. Exactly. When that fucking grasshopper is bouncing around and the ants are doing all the work. Right. No, grasshoppers are not going to get any food,
1: right, which is why I always think that like <laughs> people thinking that like racial or religious or ethnic you know if, if we get all that stuff that we'll have you all know, hold hands and sing kumbaya, it's like nah, nah, economic freedom, like hmm. too cheap the literally too cheap to meter energy and abundance of material good and food and water that's the only thing that will end war on this planet. Yeah, probably. Everything else, I think, is kind of slightly subordinate to those in the the whole hierarchy of needs.
0: And even then, we might invent some reasons to hate each other. Sure.
1: Because we like to do that. I mean, that's the South Park route, you know, like – or um, South Park did it with the the Atheist Liberation Front or the Front for Liberated Atheists or the – the one with Richard Dawkins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then um, uh, Rick and Morty did it with the Nipple People. Okay, you got the star sure. nipples. You got the pointy nipples. Death to the pointy nipple people. So yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm sure you can invite, invite, invent reasons, but I don't know. I mean, sports is your quintessential invented <laughs> sure. reason. Those fucking Bostonians, like the, yeah. the guys who throw the ball from this city. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> you you wear the green and the purple uniforms. Or we wear the blue and the whites, and you guys suck. Yeah, so sure, uh, sure. I, I would I would get down with the world where we just fight about sports. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully, we won't take it to soccer hooligan levels. But yeah, but yeah. Um, I I think the movie's great looking. It's very thoughtful. It makes you think. It is very. It makes you feel a lot of things. Uh, mm-hmm. I I recommend people watching it.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, and thanks to Frank for commissioning it. Uh, I, this is definitely a movie I never would have checked out. Yeah. On my own, I'm I'm not big on subtitled foreign films. Uh, to begin with sure this one I'd never heard of didn't sound like anything all that interesting going in yeah it's weird because I it it boots up and I'm like I'm not so yeah. certain I'm going to really enjoy
1: this, but yeah, we're you know, in, like
0: 10 minutes in, I'm.
1: That's what I'm saying. Five minutes in, we're making fun of French, the concept of French prison. Right. And it's like, oh, you get, you get issued, issued smokes. So it's like, oh, i of we can only give you three cottons a day until your <laughs>
0: rations kick in. They've got actual glass glasses. Yeah. They've got toothbrushes,
1: which are unsharpened into shit. Sure, sure. But then, like 10 minutes in, yeah, uh, you know, or whenever the dude gets his throat slit, right? The joke stopped, and we watched a movie in, in in silence. But yeah, no, it, it's it's great, and I I like foreign films. It's just like I don't know where people find this stuff. I guess mine because I in the last few years I've made it a point to watch all the Oscar nominated movies. Yeah, that's a good place to start. And now what I need to do is push down another layer and actually look at the ones the 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 foreign film. Yeah. Like, that's a good exposure. It's because I, you know, obviously this was nominated. If I watched all the foreign nominees, I would have seen this movie. Yep. So maybe that's my new 2016 re- resolution. I'm going to push a little, because I've gotten most of the Oscar films under my belt already. Mm-hmm. I'm going to push a little deeper and go the foreign route.
0: This was nominated as a comedy, by the way.
1: Was it? Much that like The sense. Martian. Yeah. Like The Golden Globes, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: no, it wasn't.
1: <laughs> All right, thanks, Frank. Uh, we appreciate you commissioning it. Hope uh, yeah. you, you're happy with the resulting podcast. Uh, if you like to commission your podcast, you can go to baldmove.com slash shop and find out how you can uh, commission your own. Or there's a couple communities uh, commissions are being thrown together by uh, people coming in, paying ten bucks a share, uh, so you can get your uh, uh, you can get have your say. Uh, there's one is about the we're about to add to the cart by popular demand: Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the series. Yeah, I think
0: Lost might be going up there. too. Lost is
1: was already up in commits. Like it was like oh, the, was it? That's it was right. up in commission yeah, yeah. within like twenty four hours, and, and now right. we're just nailing down the uh, the the episodes that we're the the commissioners want us to watch. Yeah, but yeah, that, that's a great way if you don't, you know, because it's it's a little salty to do a solo commission, uh, because of the time investment that we we spend on it, but. Um, you know, the community is a great way to get that to get that knocked out, too, if you can kind of bring everybody's pocketbooks together. That's how Pulp Fiction got done. Yep. Uh, but baldmove.com slash shop. And thanks, everybody, for your support. And uh, we'll see you on the next one.